0: is Bill Cauley. With more than 30 years of experience in commercial real estate, Bill is the brand and vision behind Cauley Partners, a Dallas-based real estate investment company that focuses on commercial product. Bill was born and raised outside of Chicago, but got to Texas as soon as he could. At the heart of Bill's success, you'll find an unmatched set of relationships that make it all happen. Bill has always believed at the end of the day, it's the relationships that matter. I hope you enjoy my conversations with Bill today. Thank you for joining me. I'm so excited to welcome Bill Cawley to the show today on the podcast. As we talk more about people with purpose, I was really interested to talk with Bill today, you know, a little bit about what he's done in his life and his company, but more importantly about what he believes in, what he invests his time in, and how we can all do something a little bit better with our community. So Bill, welcome to the show this morning. So happy to be here. I really appreciate you having me this morning. Well, thanks. I I know a lot of people may not know, they may have seen your sign somewhere on buildings and things like that, but they may not really know who Bill Cawley is. So tell me, I know you're not from Texas, so tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to Texas.
1: Okay, born and raised in the Midwest. My dad was my best friend. I looked up to my dad my whole life. That's awesome. Uh, When I was a kid and we would play with my friends and they would be cop or a banker or a farmer or whatever they were. I was always (laughs) a real estate guy and I didn't know what it meant, but I always looked up to my dad and I always wanted to be in the real estate business. One of the things I found, I went to college, got out of school. I wasn't a great student, but got out of school and I went to work and we lived in a small rural community in Illinois and the marketplace was just too small where, you know, the deal transaction volume, etc was just, you just couldn't make much of a living. So I started going to Chicago to kind of get to bigger opportunities, but I came to Dallas on a vacation. And really? Yes. And I saw Dallas and Dallas was shiny and growing. This is early eighties. And I just went back to my dad and I said, dad, I'm, I want to go try Texas. And there's you know, some things that kind of led to it. I had a bad alcohol problem early in my life. I got sober once I got to Dallas, but I had kind of created some messes that I wanted to go get a fresh start. So I came to Dallas because it just, well, I was, you know, drawn to Texas. So I am a developer. I buy and build office buildings. I started out in the service business. So I was a broker. And the whole time I was doing that, I always knew I wanted to eventually be an owner of real estate. But Mm -hmm. so my path was come to Dallas. I got a job working for a home builder. I worked for the Bass family in Fort Worth with Richard Rainwater and Bonderman. They were great role models and instrumental in kind of my view of how to invest in real estate, but got the service business. And then got into development and investing. And so I would say, you know, we used to do Southwestern United States, but it's mostly Texas. And we're an office building investment company or a developer. And I'd say we're probably 70% development today, 30% investment.
0: Okay. That's, yeah, you know, like I said, I think it's uh, interesting. When I see yeah. in the Dallas Business Journal, I see certain uh, buildings you're doing. What do you think made it different for you in real estate? Why do you think you were able to have some, some successes? And when I say success, some successes, I'm sure you had some things that weren't so successful. You didn't, not everything was the golden goose, right? So yeah. tell me a little bit how that worked for you.
1: Okay. So I was always just committed, it was never going to be anything else. So, like, I, I had friends that would try real estate when I came to Dallas. Then they'd get a a job offer with a nice salary in the lean times. And I understand it, but they went and took the other opportunity. And I just never wavered. I just knew that this is what I wanted to do. I didn't really know how I was going to do it, but I was just very committed to it. But I would say... You know, the only thing you have in life is your reputation. And if there's one thing my dad, and you're gonna love this one, my dad said two things in business. Always pay your banker back. (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) And your and your reputation is everything. So we all know people that have created great wealth, but they've sold themselves to get there. So they've got six and eight homes, but they're sitting in them by themselves. You know, uh, so I've really tried to focus on being very relational to people and Mm -hmm. focus on the on the client instead of myself. And when I stopped focusing on money and focused on service and the client is when success kind of came. But but I will also tell you, it was also driven by ethic, work ethic. You know, the harder I work, the luckier I got.
0: I love that because I think that's something we try to teach all of our, you know, I have two kids in college right now and. I was talking about your degree will be great, but it'll be what you what you do with it is what will be important. So,
1: right, like as a parent, the number one thing for me is drive or grit for your right. kids. Right, like right. My, I've got twins, I've got adult kids, and I've got seventeen-year-old boy-girl twins, and they all at that seventeen is a tough age, but they've got that it little is. bit of insecurity, and you know we have poured into our kids. I mean, my first batch of kids, I wasn't a great dad. This second batch, I mean, I've been there and we're still dealing with the same problems. I mean, the same, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Life just throws issues. I think God's kind of laughing at us all. But if there's one thing, like I interview, I never turn a young person away looking for work today uh, because if I can't, I can't hire all of them, but I can connect them because I know a lot of people. But but it's the drive piece because, you know, I don't think you have to be the smartest person in the room, but I think drive and kindness and communication skills are, I'd I'd take that every day over education.
0: Me too. Thank you for saying that. I think that's something everyone needs to hear is that education is a part of it, but it's just a part. I always tell my kids, it's four years of your life. You had the rest of it. That's what you need to concentrate on. Well, you know, and I, I tell
1: my kids, you know, grades are important in high school, well, now, again, if you want to go get your master's, but if you're going to go to college and then go, go into the workforce, it's about getting through college and getting your education. Because right. I still think 70% of what they're teaching you, you don't use. I do. <laughs> I, wish, I wish it was a little different than that. But I think what college is, it's a maturation process, right? It prepares right. them to go to work. And it's also an accomplishment, right? I know right. I, br- I breathed a sigh of relief when I got my diploma because i wasn't a great student school came hard to
0: yeah i think that's a great way to put it and i think that your work ethic and just what you put back into it is, is really important. And because of that, it also teaches you how to, that it's more important than yourself. You can't be bigger than, you know, the, the community you live in. And one of the things I'm most interested in talking to you about is really, you found that at some point in your life, that it really was what you invested in, what you worked for, but what you gave back and not just monetarily, quite frankly. So yeah. I, I do want to talk a little bit about that, you know, about sure. your, your community and your charity work and what drove you to do that. And, why you do it.
1: Okay. So I have two defining times in my life where my life got dramatically diverted. So I was, I was raised in a, we had my mom and dad had a good marriage. We, you know, I was raised in a very, very good setting. I was raised as a Catholic and we went to church on Sunday. So the first thing was, I had a bad alcohol problem. Right. And when you have issues with alcohol or drug abuse or anything like that, you kind of try to be around other people that have those same issues. So it becomes normal. Right. Right. So you surround yourself with people that have the same dysfunction as you. And the other issue is, is that when you have that problem, the biggest issue is denial. Right. You don't want to really face the fact that that's the truth. So I had an alcohol problem, and it got to where I couldn't kid myself anymore. I knew it was something I had to do something about. And Uh so that has, in turn, led me into being open about it, because I think God puts people in your life that have similar issues. And if you're Uh transparent about it, he'll bring me opportunity to help. So I went through a time of I got sober, and I went to AA and got sober and I was, I didn't get sober the first time, but I was really committed to it. And so I was able to get sober when I was 30. So I've been sober since September 22nd, 1985. So sobriety was number one, because it gave me the confidence that once I did it, there was nothing I didn't think I could do because it seemed so insurmountable when I started it, like it's a day at a time, but I got the confidence that, Hey, I could compete or I could do something else. So I was overweight, a heavy smoker and a drinker. So I eliminated drinking, eliminated smoking, and then I got healthy. So I started exercising and working on myself. Then another one that was a life converter was my faith. So Mm -hmm. I got sober and I started building my business and my business was booming. I mean, because right. I, I was driven, I was doing well, but I was a consumer. I was, I had no intimacy in my life. I was kind of, a, I kept people at a distance, right? There was, right. I, I just wasn't, I was afraid a little bit. So I went on a motorcycle trip to Aspen on the 4th of July in 1997, and I got in a motorcycle accident. Okay. I was uh, on the highway passing a, a truck and more or less got run off the road. And I flew off the road and uh, it was bad. I mean, my right leg was over my throat. My, both my arms were just totally broken. The biggest piece of bone from my elbow to my wrist was an inch. And I was laying in the ditch thinking I was taking my last breath, right? right. So everything yeah. that was important, money, another deal, build another building, became unimportant. And everything I've been putting off in my life came right to the forefront. Yeah. Faith, where am I going? What's going to happen here if I die in this ditch? What's my legacy? And not my legacy for the world, but what had I accomplish? What what had I done that was meaningful in this world? I don't really Mm -hmm. care what people, I don't want attention to me, but I just Mm -hmm. want to know that when I'm on this earth, I'm accomplishing something, right? Right. And so I laid in that ditch. And for the first time in 10 years, I prayed. And I made a deal with God and I said, God, if you let me live through this, I'm changing it up. I didn't have a great relationship with my kids, my adult kids, because of my alcoholism. They were mad at me because I blew up a marriage, you know, and I just had a lot of things I needed to fix. So I lived, I went through a year of surgeries. I had nine surgeries over a year. Uh And as I got healthy, I really went on a journey, a faith journey to find a relationship with God. I've been raised as a Catholic. And right. there wasn't a lot of intimacy in that religion. And um, so I ended up, I had bought a house before I went on this motorcycle trip. There uh-huh. was a guy cleaning pools that was doing it part-time. He was a, a music minister for a Christian church in Carrollton. Okay. And he started witnessing to me because I was sitting there in a, in a wheelchair with my arms. I couldn't move. And he would bring wow. little Walkman and let me listen to tapes. And so over that process, I had a faith conversion. And in that yeah. faith conversion, it softened me. Uh-huh. It, it opened me up and I became more transparent about who I am because, uh-huh. you know, I think so many people are afraid to show people their weaknesses. And really when I think when you share them, it, it gives you an opportunity for people to open more up to you. I think the more open we are with each other, the more intimate yeah. Yeah. your relationships get, because as I get older, it's more about deeper relationships than new ones. Right. Right. You want to pour right. into people that have meaning to you instead mm-hmm. of I don't want 30 new friends. No, I'll take them, but I want, right. them to be, <laughs> I want them to be deep and meaningful. So through that one, it was important to do the right thing at work. Right. So. Right no exaggeration, always be honest. And it's all those things that you have to train yourself to do. But so part of big part of that was giving back. Right. So early in my life, I had no money and I had, you know, I was chasing it. So I only thing I could do was give time. So one of the big ones was minis. So Brian, my partner, we went and worked there as a company. We volunteered. And we were packing boxes. Minnie's is a food pantry in Plano. She wants to open one in South Dallas that we're working on with you guys to help her do that. Right. And anyway, Cheryl Jackson is a special lady. We're there (laughs) and we're doing, you know, doing all this work. And she's over in the corner crying. This is like a week before Thanksgiving. I don't know, this is five years ago, six years ago. And I went up to her and I go, well, what's wrong? And she says, well, one of the grocery stores that have, that normally supply our turkeys for Thanksgiving, yeah. this is in 07, 8, 09, when everybody was getting hurt. Right. They, they're not going to supply the turkeys. I said, well, we're, how many turkeys do you need? She said, well, I need like 16,000 turkeys. I said, well, in. I'm in. I'll, I'll buy the turkeys. And oh. it wasn't me. It's, you know, our company. I mean, it's God's I, blessing that that allowed us to do it. but. So we got involved with Minnie's, and I think she's special. I think she gives, and she allows people to have grace in how she gives. And dignity. Yeah, dignity is the key word. When people have a need, they're embarrassed. She doesn't let that happen. She makes them feel good about themselves. So that's one. Behind every door will dial. I mean, it's a faith-based organization. I'm a big giver to faith-based organizations because I think – you can help people a lot, but if they don't have salvation and they don't know where they're going when this is mm-hmm. over, the peace right. that having God in your life is critical. And so I'm a big believer in sharing my faith and, and, and supporting faith-based organizations. I mm-hmm. met Will Dowell, blown away by, by his, his heart.
0: His servant's his, heart. He is oh such a servant's God,
1: heart. That kid, yeah. he's special. Yeah. And I yeah. met him in a Bible study. I actually went and shared my faith in a Bible study. And we became really good friends. We just stayed in touch. And uh, I just think that organization is special. I've been involved with Children's Medical. I helped uh, when they were building the hospital in Plano, helped them raise some money for that. And and right. my reason for that is I want to be able to provide good health care for children. And Plano didn't have it at the time. And right. I, drew, I just think it's a great organization. And I think it is. it's a fabulous hospital. And, I just know the people there and being on the board allows me to keep an eye on it. You know, one time my son was sick and I actually went to the emergency room at children's and mm-hmm. I didn't announce, I didn't tell him I was a board member or any of that. because you get that, right. you know, that kind of that straight in treatment. Cause I wanted yeah. to see what it was like. And I was there, you know, an hour or so, and they found out I was there and then it would changed, but I really didn't want it to because, but I got far enough into the process to say, you know, I felt good about how people that are coming there are being treated. Uh-huh. So
0: yeah. So
1: I think they're best in class. And then, you know, I, I don't know, I've poured into track and to, with Texas Real Estate Council because I think they're, they're giving in South Dallas what they're doing there. I think they're right. going to get involved with minis in South Dallas. And it's just kind of connecting the dots. But I think we're all lucky to be in Dallas and in Texas. And I think giving you know, what are you supposed to do? So, I, I think I think giving's better than getting,
0: right. you know? I'm interested you say that though, Bill, because today we're gonna to be featuring Behind Every Door. Behind Every Door is an organization that utilizes community centers to be present and provide the resources to change the lives and experience of poverty.
1: Behind Every Door operates community centers, building relationships and partnering with people to leverage resources, pursue opportunities and overcome poverty. We invite you to learn more by visiting behindeverydoor.org. We
0: want to change the way people see and feel poverty. Welcome back. I'm here with Bill Callie today. One of the things I heard you say earlier and I I want to make sure I talk to you about this cuz it was interesting. When you found okay, I, I want to make a change and I want to give back because that's what I really want my legacy to be. You're in a position to where you, know, you had worked really hard and you had done some things well to do that. Do you think that people have to be hit rock bottom to some degree, though, to realize that? And what, what would your advice be to others about that? Because, you know, you don't want everybody to have to hit rock bottom, I wouldn't think, to say, hey, there's a better way, Right. Well, so I, what advice I, would you give to people
1: like that? Well, I mean, I don't think they have to hit rock bottom, but I think they have to have an emotional tie to what they're, Yeah. I think it really helps if somebody like somebody that loses a parent to cancer is probably very right. focused on cancer. Right. We right. talked about Alzheimer's before we got out. Right. You know, I, right. I do think whatever your life experiences drive you to or towards what you want to give to, you know, one mm-hmm. that we mentioned, didn't mention was East West ministries. again, mm-hmm. The head of East West Ministry, John Mazel, came around me when I was on my faith search. So he right. discipled me and helped me make uh-huh. good decisions. But I, I do think, I kind of think what life throws at you is kind of what determines where you go pour into. But, and let me okay. also say this, and I'm going against it talking about it today, but I also think giving quietly is really important. And I'll tell you why. I think giving quietly is important because then you know you're giving for the right reasons. Right. You know, you're you're not standing up there with the with the big check, getting all the attention. You know what really bugs me more than anything is ego. When you meet somebody with ego, because we're all so lucky. You know, if you've accomplished something, you've gotten lucky or you're blessed, right? Right. And ego, I just run from ego. It just scares me. So right. I always try to do it pretty quietly. But I think it's good to talk about that here because it's just showing people about giving, but it's not right. about me. It's about I think it's about taking your blessings and pouring into other people and other opportunities.
0: Well I'm I'm so glad you decided to do that because I, I think that's one of the things that people and corporations, quite frankly, don't always do very well. We all have, you know, things that we want to give back to, but I, I do love the word quietly because I think that's that's very, very profound.
1: Well, well, and I think that's more important for a person than for a business, because I think a business like the bank, I think it's important for the bank to publicize their giving so people know that you have a giving heart. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think you backing behind every door Uh should be publicized so other people in your position see what you stand for and what you're doing as right. a customer of your bank. And I'm a big customer of your bank right. and a big believer in your bank. It makes me proud that you take that stand.
0: Good. Well, that, thank you for saying that. I think that's an, that's important. I think uh, I, I'm so interested to hear about, you know, more, we're going to talk a little bit more behind every door and talk about Minnie's pantry and things like that. But I think that one of the things I'm, I hear from you is that you have to find your purpose. You have to find that, you know where where you're ready to give and when you're ready, and not everybody's ready at the same time, perhaps. But well, fine. I mean, everybody's
1: on a different journey. You know, some right. people can't write a check, but they all of us can volunteer. Exactly. And I will tell you this: I get more out of volunteering than writing a check. And and any and I would tell anybody that listens to this: if they typically give by by financially, try giving of your time, because then you get to go get on the inside of these charities or organizations that you're giving to and see it work. I mean, yeah. minnies you can't beat being there on Thanksgiving or Christmas when she's giving the food away. Right now she's giving it away every day, but watch people's lives and their appreciation. Same with Will. When I right. met Will, first thing I wanted was a tour. I wanted to go see what he was doing. And then I went down to South Dallas and saw the new facility and I want to see it and I want to be part of it. And I want to witness people using it. So there's. I think you get more out of it that way than just writing a check.
0: Oh, I totally agree. When, when we started doing Behind Every Door's mm-hmm. backpack drive in August, we gave away backpacks for children and things. Just being involved in that, you can't help but feel a connection to you're making a difference in someone's life. And that that's really what we're here all to do is make a difference in other people's lives, not just for ourselves.
1: What would the world be if we all just came in here and took, right? You know, and I, it took me a while, that maybe it's called growing up or maturity, to realize that all this stuff is so much more important than your job. Now, your job is, a, is the vehicle that allows you to do it. But you know, right. like I, I went on a mission trip with East West to Cuba, and you go see people that have nothing that are happy. They have nothing. Right. Dirt floors, right. cardboard, you know, they got nothing, and they're happy. I came back and I went, my life, it needs to have more meaning, right? I need to be doing something other than building an office building. I need to be making a difference, right? And so, I mean, I do it as much for me as I do it for them because it feeds me too.
0: I think it's interesting you said that, though, because one of the things that I'm most proud of after speaking with you is that building the office building, it gives you the ability to do what you want to do. So it's important that you do that well and and do that with integrity and character. But I, I think one of the things is that People that have the opportunity to do good things in their life and provide for their families also can provide for others. And I think that's really important for people to hear and talk about. It's not just everyone can have a part to play with time and with money. I think one of the things that I wanted to ask you for, and I think you've said it a little bit, but I kind of want to sum it up. What are you hopeful for in both your career and your life? I think we talked a little bit about it before we got on, but what do you want to be I don't just hate the word remembered for, but kind of, what do you want to be remembered for?
1: (laughs) Okay. So I think standing on my faith and again, I think, but, but not talking about it, but living it, I think you got to do both, but. Actions. uh, I know a lot of people that are big talkers, but I I just want to be genuine. I want to be real. I Mm want to have, so my faith is, is a big part of my life. So I'm just open about it. And I could tell you story after story, where me sharing my faith had brought other people to faith. My old older brother Dan, pretty good story. I'll make it really quick. But I I shared my faith. You know, when I when I had a faith conversion, I you know I was like the Fuller Brush guy. I was telling everybody. Ah! It was like it was like one of those situations where it, I was just. It's floating. I was so I had a peace I'd never had before in my life. Right. And so I'm telling my parents and I mean, they were all avoiding me. They were trying to. Oh, my God. Where is it? Here he comes. Here comes again. Bill. I'm buying Bibles for everybody. It was crazy. But my brother, seven years, I shared my faith and he no interest. And he was playing golf with me at a member guest. And my wife and I were having Keely and I were having dinner with him. And I looked at Keely and I go in a great know we're going to heaven. And he's sitting there eating. He goes, how do you know you're going to heaven? And that led into me sharing my faith. And so my brother had a faith conversion that day. And I had a track from East West Ministries. I keep keep them in my glove box so I can. It's more or less a cheat sheet on sharing your faith. And it gives Bible verses and stuff. So my brother got into a Bible church in Chicago. And every Sunday, for I would bet you 10 years, he would leave me a voicemail. And thank oh. me. There'd be my phone. I'd get out. He'd thank me. He said, Bill, thanks for never giving up on me. Thank you for loving me enough to share your faith. Now, if that doesn't give you enough motivation to to at least be open about it. I mean, I've never had anybody be mad at me about my, my sharing my faith. So, you know, I don't want to, if somebody's not interested, I move on. But I think that's good. Yeah. Now, I would also say just reputationally, you know, a good father. And I mean, it's faith, right? Family, right. and then work. Right. And I, I don't care about work accolades. I don't care about any. I, I just want to, when I'm going down, I want to feel like I got something done. And yeah. it's not about how the world perceives it in my heart. Did I make a difference? And it's not about right. building another office building, even though when I do that, I want to really be good at it. I don't want to do it for the money. I want to be a market changer I want to be progressive. I want to be out in front. And with that, there's some risk because you're trying to be anticipate what new things are, but it's fun and it's kind of a drive.
0: That's so awesome. Well, Bill, I've I talked to you probably for several hours and and never get tired of listening. So I wanna first thank you for sharing your servant's heart and sharing your faith with us today. And You know, really providing a way for people with purpose when you have a purpose in your life, it can drive good things in your community, not only for your community, but for your life in general. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. I will tell you, you know, I think
1: if there's one thing I've, I've learned is you get a lot more out of, you know, it's like. I don't think enough of those pour into the youth, the people that are coming into our industry. So I think doing that's a big thing. But I really appreciate being on and I'd be, I be—I really appreciate an organization like Veritex that will give someone like me a platform to talk about my faith and giving because... I don't think enough companies do, and I I thank you for that.
0: I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you soon, and seeing you down behind every door at the new facility when we get everything done down there. So we'll have a little bit more to say about that. So thank you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you.